episode four, take two. Because we fucked up the last one no, real we bad. We didn't fuck it up. Asserted. Everything else. Uh, everything else fucked it up. asshole dog fucked it up. True. It is episode four of the Bad Dad Club. I'm Ariana. I'm Jess. And this is the podcast where we talk about bad dads. Uh, last episode, we talked about Jack Torrance in the movie The Shining. This week, we're having ourselves a motherfucking book club because we're talking about Jack Torrance from the book. Yeah, we read a book for this. Like, we're committed. Yeah, this was like six over 600 pages of reading for you guys. Of reading early Stephen King, might I add, which is not great. Uh, no. <laughs> no, this is, this is not... I, I would say out of the 600 pages, you could probably cut 300 of them comfortably and still tell the same story in a better format. Yeah. But... We're not here to criticize Stephen King. Look, it was his third book. We're all learning. Sure. He's probably a better writer now. I haven't read any of his new stuff. It's a journey. That's right. So, okay. Uh, Book title, The Shining. Year of release is 1977. Author is Stephen King. And it's published by Doubleday Publishing Company on January 28th, 1977. So the quick overview that we do, uh, I mean, it's pretty much the same one as last week. Overlook. <laughs> oh my fuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. The look on your face just there, you were like, oh my god, how did we not think of this I'm a sooner? genius. Um, so pretty much the same thing happens with a couple of differences. Uh, Basically, Jack Torrance, his wife Wendy, and his son Danny all moved to the Overlook Hotel to be the winter caretakers. Uh, shit goes down. This time, it's much more paranormal and less interpretive than than last episode. Yes. Uh, this one's pretty pretty just supernatural it's altogether. Just a lot of Stephen King telling us that it is supernatural. Yeah. Um, but we still have kind of the same basic thing. They go to this hotel. They're stuck there for the winter. Jack goes a little crazy. A lot crazy. Yeah. Like Patrick crazy. Like Patrick Swayze, but with craziness. I don't know. I, I, I wanted to make a joke because you made a joke. It wasn't very good. Yeah, mine was better and mine was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, to I want to address something right off the bat. Which is, the things that this book does well, it does really well. And the things that this book does poorly, just completely shit the bed. Yeah. So, like, how he talks about alcoholism and how it, like, is insidious in an alcoholic's life, great. It was so compelling. I was like, holy shit, this is, like, really good Stephen King writing. But then Stephen King, like starts trying to describe Jack telling a story, and he literally copies and pastes another story. That's Danny. Oh, sorry, yeah. Danny starts telling us a story, and he literally just copies and pastes it from another source. And I'm just like, Stephen, my man, what are you doing? Yeah, he didn't give us the benefit of the doubt that we know the story of Bluebeard. And like, look, you can reference it, and if I don't know it and I want to know it, I'll go look it up. I will do my homework, Stephen. It just, it's a little spoon-fed at times. Yeah, That's but, all. I mean, this isn't actually a book club, and we're not here to... No, it's a bad dad club. Take apart Stephen King's book that he wrote 
in the 70s. Sure, but I, I do want to address that because it will kind of bleed into some of our commandments. That's true. So let's start with number one. Mm. Don't kill your kids. Well, to his credit, he doesn't. He doesn't, but he sure does try. He definitely wants to. Like, real bad. Although he doesn't... Oh, no, he does. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't get as close in the book as he does in the movie, but he does. He gets closer in the book than he He does does, in the movie. But he's also, at that point, definitively, uh, like, written in the book, he is not Jack Torrance anymore. Right. So, at this point, um, it kind of happens around the same time as it would in the movie. So, it's like in the last fifth of the book. He corners Danny in, like, this little area on the third floor, and he's coming at him with a roke mallet. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Okay. And That's how the man in my audiobook pronounced it, okay, so good. I'm gonna trust him. And from there, like, he he's literally about to bash Danny to death. Yeah. But it is described maybe 20 pages earlier that this is no longer Jack Torrance. And Danny tells us that too. He addresses uh, Jack at that point as the thing that's wearing his father. Yeah. And he says to the thing that's wearing his father, you're not my daddy, several times. And the yeah. thing's like, I have to be. Look, I, I look exactly like him. I've even got the same balls. Stephen King, we have to fucking address your obsession with genitalia. Oh my God. <laughs> we so don't have gross. to, I guess. But like, I'll save it for when we meet. Yeah, Fuck. <laughs> when we sit down for coffee in Bangor, Maine, and I'm surrounded by, like, fucking crows everywhere, I'm gonna call you out yeah. on being the fucking weirdest the when it weirdest. comes to, like, dongers. Like, I, I don't need it in my life, no. Stephen. I, like, I, I, I can figure it out myself. I'm, I'm a big girl. So, Jesus. yeah, so... Yeah, arguably, Jack Torrance, he, he, when he starts getting possessed, that's when we start seeing the things about killing Danny. Because up until that point, he is feeling extra guilty about having broken Danny's arm. Yeah. And he's not angry about it so much in the book like he is in the movie. Mm-hmm. When he was like, that was three goddamn years ago or whatever, and he yells about it. In the book, he is super guilty about it all the time. He's, yeah, and he's, he's like, I've never touched him again. Not even, like, to spank him, which I get in the 70s was a thing that you did. Yeah. It was very normal. Um, he's, he hasn't touched him since he broke his arm. Like, I mean, he's hugged him and stuff. But yeah, he hasn't but it, it hasn't a, been, like, in an abusive yeah, way. Yeah, in a violent manner. So, I don't know. Like, I, I would argue that because it's not him, it's just wearing him like a like a skin suit, uh, maybe, he, maybe he passes this one. Yeah, see, that's what, that's, that's the thing. That's what makes this one hard is that it's, he's possessed. Yeah, so it's, but he's not even possessed. Like, it says, like, Jack Torrance is dead. This thing, whatever it is, which kudos to Stephen King that he doesn't, like, explicitly tell us what it is because that is a huge fault of his That's in his other problem, books. Yeah. But whatever the thing is that has taken over, like, there is no sense of Jack anymore. Like, Danny can't even shine into this thing to figure out where his dad is. Because he's not there. He's not there. Yeah. So I'm going to argue he passes it. Yeah. Yeah. Because Danny does say that um, it's the hotel or whatever's in the hotel is only using Jack to kill Danny and Wendy because it's the, because what's left of Jack is the closest thing to like a living thing. It's the most alive out Mm -hmm. of all of the spirits in the hotel. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, it's not Jack. Cool. He passes it. Hey, good work, Jack. Awesome. 
Um, so then we get to don't physically, emotionally, psychologically, or sexually abuse your kids. Now, he does do this one. Yeah, this one is still a thing. So uh, it does start. We kind of have a similar thing that we had to the movie, except this time, instead of dislocating his shoulder, um, Jack grabs Danny's arm and he does give him a spiral fracture. Yeah. He breaks his arm. And I think this part is pretty much sort of covered in the movie as well, where Wendy threatens to leave or is like, this is like kind of a breaking point. Danny's kind of like afraid of him a little bit. But this is also the part where he stops drinking. He stops, he stops, he doesn't stop drinking right after he breaks Danny's arm, actually. He stops drinking three months later when uh, he and his friend are out drunk driving and they run over a bike and he's afraid to kill the kid. But they can't find the kid and there's like no no news of a kid dead anywhere so he's like i guess there was just a bike in the middle of the road but that's yeah. the thing that scares him enough to stop drinking that's not true breaking that's song. true that's true um and that's when wendy is gonna say she's gonna leave him and he's like no i've quit drinking just give it up talk to me next week and then and then they never, they never talk up. about it again yeah. um because things get better from there yeah so there is there is something there worth noting about how like yeah, Jack doesn't seem to want to change because of Danny, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean... He he does cite he does, that as being, like, a reason that he does it eventually. Yeah, he does want to change, but I think... I guess he's not, like, scared enough or something to stop drinking. Like, I mean, he's got an addiction. Yeah. It's hard, right? Yeah, I think... But I think I think that is, is one of the... One of the things that leads him to... Yeah, if that's not sober. rock bottom, then hitting the bike yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and he and his friend that he's, like, drunk driving with both quit at the same time because of that event. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't really, like, excuse the rest of the abuse, which is, like, you can argue maybe that it's kind of overlook influenced, but they're not there that long. I know that the hotel starts working pretty fast in the book on its, like, end goal. They are there significantly longer in the book than they are in the movie. Because in the movie, like, Jack tries to kill them all, like, on the Thursday after they get there. And in uh, the book, it's, they've been there for months. Yes. So, I mean, to to their credit, he keeps his shit together a little bit longer. To book Jack's credit, you know. Um, But it does kind of start... To show in the way that he starts manipulating Danny and how he's kind of like, there's there's a part where they're talking about how, it's through Wendy's perspective, and she's talking about how she doesn't think it's really like, it kind of hurts her feelings that Danny clearly likes Jack more, despite the fact that Jack is kind of a crap bag father at this point. And I think like it's kind of between the lines, but Jack uses that insecurity against Wendy and also uses it to manipulate Danny. Like he's clearly Danny's favorite parent, so he can get Danny to behave the way that he wants him to. Yeah, I think um I don't think he's so like aware of his ability to manipulate Danny this way, but right. but he knows that like when when he when when Danny and Wendy want to leave the hotel because it's creeping them the fuck out. And because Danny's been having, you know, his visions and his episodes, Jack's, like, I think he's just, like, knows that they're not gonna, like, Danny's not gonna want to leave because he knows that, like, this is Jack's last shot. Yeah. And Danny says exactly that same thing. Yeah. Basically. Uh, A running theme between this week and last week, Danny Torrance is a perfect angel and did nothing wrong. Danny, 
I like book Danny even more than I like movie Danny. And it's probably just because you get in his head more often. But Mm -hmm. he's so sweet. He's so considerate. He's just this adorable little baby. I love him. And there's a part when he meet when he and Dick Halloran meet, and the first thing Dick says to Danny is, "Do you want to come to Florida with me?" Yeah. And I was like, "Me too, Dick. I will also <laughs> want to adopt this child." It's true. Like I, I think that only really hurts, like the way that we interpret this for the podcast, because Danny is written in such a sweet and innocent way. The things that happen to him because of Jack, or like caused by Jack just really amplifies how crappy things are. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. And he's, like, so understanding, Danny. Because he's like, oh, well, you know, it's not Daddy's fault. He's doing the bad thing, which is how he refers to drinking. Or, it's not his fault. It's the hotel. And it's like, Daniel, get out of there. Yeah, I'm like, Danny, I love you. And I want you to be successful in life. Uh, Which means, like, in living at this point. Yeah. Um, Please leave. Just run. Just get out of there. I mean, they try. But yeah, to be to be completely honest, this kind of also bleeds in with the possession thing. A lot of what happens to Danny physically and emotionally while they're staying at the hotel, it really ramps up after Jack has been completely and totally manipulated by whatever lives in the hotel. Yeah, it really starts to ramp up after he's, like, having visions in the Colorado Lounge. Yeah. Because before that, you are in Jack's head a lot, so you can, like, he's like, oh, I love him, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like, there's a stark difference from the beginning of the book to, like, after Jack has been having visions in the lounge mm-hmm. of how he treats, or think even just thinks about Danny. Yeah, because he starts referring to him in the same way that his dad, who's... An abusive piece of crap uh, referred to everybody else in his family, which is like a little pup. Yeah. Super dehumanizing. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I, I'm going to say he does do this one. I mean, yeah, he does before he's ever even heard of the Overlook Hotel. He breaks Danny's arm in a drunken fit of rage. Yeah. That's abuse. Yep. Uh, don't harm or kill others. This he sure do. Um, and again, we can, we see examples of this pre-overlook and circa overlook. Uh, so the pre-overlook one happens when he is teaching in Vermont. So this, this doesn't happen during like the present day course of the book, but we learn a lot about it. Yeah. The entire first part, the part, the book is like separated into four or five parts Mm -hmm. also, as well as chapters. And the entire first part of the book is... Jack and Wendy and Dan, all in their own separate points of view, telling you about how Jack broke Danny's arm and about how Jack got fired from the school in Vermont. Yes. That's the whole thing. Steve, we could have done with one chapter of that. Yeah, true. So what happens is Jack is sober and he is like the the teacher supervisor of the debate team. Uh, There's a student named George Hadfield or Hatfield? Hatfield with a T. Uh, and George wants to be on the debate team real bad. His dad is a lawyer, and his dad was like, oh, you should definitely join the debate team and then be a lawyer like me. And I think the the implication is that, like, George is well-liked at this school. Yeah, he's like a, he's a jock. He's a, a football star or something. Yeah. And maybe not the mm, brightest. 
No, but you get the impression that he tries. Yeah, but he tries. He's like, I feel like he's like a middling student. Like, he's yeah. not funking out, but he's not straight A's. Yeah, like, maybe school isn't <clears throat> set up for him to succeed. Sure, maybe. So he joins the debate team, and Jack has to cut a certain amount of students. He likes George. Yeah. But George develops a nervous stutter, which starts eating up the time that they have in debate competitions. And so Jack believes that this is enough of a reason to cut him from the team. And George does not take this news very well. No. Uh, he's There's a confrontation about how George is begging to get back on this team. Well, he accuses Jack of setting the timer ahead. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, obviously I didn't do that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you just didn't get all your words out in time. Like, sorry, I gotta cut you. And George, like, swears at him and shit. And I was like, oh, Jesus. He's yeah. a teacher in the 70s. He could probably beat you. Yeah. yeah, at a private school? Yeah. Like, oh, no thanks. Up in the... That's a good thing your dad is rich. Yeah, no kidding. And a lawyer. This, this whole confrontation leads to, eventually, one day after school, George is slashing Jack's tires. And Jack finds him in the middle of doing that. And Jack snaps. And he just starts wailing on this kid. Yeah, he's, yeah. This is after he's, he's only been sober for not very long. Like, a month at most, I think. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that, like, as somebody who is... I'm not excusing that. No, no, no. I'm sure, though, as somebody in recovery, it would be difficult to maybe control impulsive emotions without the thing that you're addicted to. Yeah. And he's I already can understand on that because he's yeah. used to being drunk at school. Yeah, which I think is also like kind of a weird '70s thing, but neither here nor there. Oh. Um, but he loses it. Like he he tackles George to the ground and beats him into at least a concussion. Yeah, it's mentioned that um, George he's not quite the same after. Yeah, they say that he can't go back to the school. I don't know if he can't go back to the school because he slashed a teacher's tires. Or if it's because his brain doesn't function like it should. Yeah, but still... They don't really get into that. The implication is that, like, whether it's because of the trauma or whether it's because of, like, physical trauma, George is not the same. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah, so that's how Jack gets fired. But he does that full sober. Yeah, no demons, no alcohol, nada. Later, however, when we're 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 circa we're circa overlook at this point, uh, Jack does clock Dick Halloran in the face with a roke mallet, and Mm. that whole scene, my whole face just hurt. Oh my god! Yeah, he hits him like in the head and Mm -hmm. then in the face, and I was reading that part at work. And um, I, honest to God, like I flinched when he first get hit, got hit. And a woman I'm, who I work with uh, was in the room, and she was like, "Did you read something you don't like?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Well, it's The Shining. Get used to it." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right, you got me." I mean, fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, just the like, okay, I have a weird tooth thing anyway. I'm like constantly afraid that my teeth are all going to fall out of my head. But the part where like Stephen King describes the mallet hitting dick in like the jaw and how it like crushes his teeth yeah he's like i was like oh no it shatters his cheek and his cheekbone and all of the teeth on like the left side or whatever yeah nope 
that's a hard fucking pass for me. Yeah. No, uh, thank so, you. In uh, Jack's defense, he is, like... He's full possessed He's full demons point. there. Like, oof. But still, he hurts a student... Yeah. ...enough to potentially have given this child either brain damage or some PTSD. Like, lifelong consequences. Yeah, that, I'm gonna say that still counts. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, uh, next one, don't abuse your spouse. He sure does this one. Again, um, full demons. Okay, physically full demons. Physically full demons. Emotionally? Mm, debatable. Well, I mean, I think, arguably, just the whole time when he is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he is just, I mean, he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself at this point. He's just drinking all the time. Arguably, just that could be abusive. Yeah. He doesn't hit Wendy or anything, but he just kind of like, I mean, he's, I was going to say he's inconsiderate, which is an understatement. He is inconsiderate. But like, like he'll show up drunk in the middle of the night and like kind of be a dick. And it's just not cool. Well, like, he'll come home and Wendy's already worried because, like, he won't return his, like, her phone calls if they're at, like, a party. There's yeah. a the whole scene. Um, and or, he's drunk driving. Yeah, he's drunk driving all over and Vermont. He, and he gets mad when Wendy, like, he'll be going out with his friends and Wendy will be like, oh, you're not going to drive, are you? I don't think you should. And he's like, fuck off. I'm yeah. driving. Yeah. But, like, that, the inconsiderate part, I guess... Yeah, I would say that that's a little bit more than inconsiderate, considering he's uprooting their whole lives every day. And there's a whole part where Wendy says she didn't know which Jack she was going to get that day. I do have a quotation here that I wrote down. Please. Because I was taking notes. Um, It says, she had never dreamed there could be so much pain in a life where nothing was physically wrong. And that's about when Jack was drinking. Wendy says that. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, that's why I wrote it down. Now, granted, this book kind of is like a Jack Torrance sandwich. Jack Torrance at the beginning, or like pre this book, I guess, not great. Jack in the first half, maybe, of this book, where he's like trying to secure a job, and he realizes that he has done some shitty fucking things in his life and he's like working to correct them. Yeah, he's like sober and attentive and he cares about his family. And he spends time with his family and they eat together, which is something I brought up last time. Like he spends time, like he at one point, which like granted this is like some overlooked shit working hard, but like he finds a wasp's nest in the roof of the hotel and he remembers having one as a kid and how much like he thought it was super cool and he really liked it. So he bug bombs it. And he's like, I'm going to give this to Danny. Like, movie Jack Torrance would never. I did have a thought about that today. Okay, because there's a scene later on in the book after the whole bug bomb thing. Okay, because the bug bomb doesn't work. Like, Danny Danny has the wasp's nest in his room. And he wakes up and there's wasps crawling on him and he gets his hand stung. And then it's a whole thing. And, like, it's like the thing is full of wasps. So Jack assumes that the bug bomb was defective. Mm -hmm. And he, like tries to like sue the company and shit. There's another scene much later in the book where Jack is remembering how his father used to deal with wasps. Mm-hmm. And that was, he would like smoke them out. He'd light a fire and smoke them out like in, with like wet leaves or something, smoke them out all afternoon. So then they were like too smoke drunk to fight back. And then he would like burn the nest or something. You don't actually see Jack using the bug bomb on the nest before he gives it to Danny. What if he just smoked them out? Ah. Oh. Interesting. 
See, I just saw that as a metaphor for what was happening with all of them. They are the wasps and he is the smoke. And they're too drunk to leave the hotel. I mean... And the whole thing is going to go up in flames regardless. Yes. That's what I saw that as. Yeah. But also, I just had that thought like I was just, I was just sitting in the other room just this morning and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conspiracy! Like, because you don't see it. And I was thinking about how like, I mean, Stephen King doesn't like Stanley Kubrick's movie, but in the movie, you don't see what happens with Danny in room 237. Mm-hmm. And so it could be anything. You do see what happens with Danny in the room in the book. But I was just like, you don't see Interesting. The That's super cool. And maybe, like, I don't think he would have, like, I honestly don't think he would have done it on purpose. But there's something he says, or he thinks to himself, much like when he's being fucking full on possessed. Where he's thinking about how he would never hurt Danny. Mm-hmm. And then he remembers breaking his arm. And then he's like, I would never hurt Danny sober. And then he thinks about the wasp's nest. And I was like, hold on oh, there, Jackie boy. What you want to? Interesting. So, it's like, See, I saw the that, lines. Yeah, but. I saw that as, like, guilt. But you could definitely read that mm-hmm. as, like, yeah, kind of like a putting him in his place yeah. thing. But I also read the wasp nest being full of wasps even after they'd killed them. Like, when I was reading the book, when I got there, I was like, oh, this is, like, classic possession stuff. They're just suddenly being bugs everywhere. Yeah, very biblical. So, you know. Yeah. Back to the actual spousal yeah. part of this. Oh, yeah. We're talking um, about spouses. I mean, once he's full-on possessed, there's a whole scene. It's it's like a literal fight scene. Uh, Wendy goes to check on Jack because she can smell alcohol, even though there is no alcohol in this building. Uh, the spirits, like, manifest a martini for him. Or, like, Several a few martinis. martinis. Um, and More he's, like, loaded. And she goes to check on him and he turns around and he starts strangling her. And the only reason Wendy survives is because Danny attacks Jack yeah. to save his mom. Yeah. Which, oh my God, I saw, I read that part and I just wanted to cry. I was like, how ready was Danny to do this from like the get go? No, I don't think he was. I think he hated that he did it. See, I don't, I don't think so. And I, I'll tell you why. Please tell me. Having, why. having been in a situation where my own father would come home at all hours of the night and be uh, an abusive dickhead and kind of be threatening in that way. I always had the sense that either it was going to be a stalemate, so nobody wins, or it was going to have to be us versus him. I think Danny recognizes that from before they even get to the Overlook. I think after Danny's arm is broken and Tony enters the scene and all that shit happens, I think Danny is protective of his mom because his dad's already hurt him. What's stopping him from hurting her? Yeah, I mean, maybe. That's how I took it anyway. But that could be just because, like, that's my own experience. Yes, it could be. But I just, I think... It, it, like, I wanted to cry. I was like, this poor child should not have to be in this situation. No, of course he shouldn't. Um, but yeah, like, Jack, oh my god, Jack, like, whacks Wendy in the rib cage and breaks two of her ribs. Oh, he hits he tries... her square between the shoulder blades and he fucks up her vertebrae. And I just, ugh! Yeah. Ugh. It just, like, the whole, the whole last bit, I just, I mean, it gets to the point that not even super possessed at the super possessed point Wendy is sleeping with a knife under her bed wrapped in a towel in case something happens with Jack yeah no it's not for a long time that she's doing that it's like one night because that night Jack doesn't 
they all sleep in the same room at this point. Jack doesn't come to bed. He's instead, like, having a crazy vision in the Colorado lounge. And he's, like, partying with, like, fucking... Lloyd and... Lloyd and, and Derwent and all the yeah. fucking mobsters and shit. And they can hear him just, like, yelling around. To himself. Yeah. Because there's... Yeah, they can, they can hear some party sounds. Like, Wendy at that point can hear some party sounds, which is, like, full-blown possession. Yeah. But... Yeah, they know that Jack's just down there. Having, having some Jack time. And they just have the door locked. And, and it's right after that. It's like the next day. Wendy goes downstairs to make them food. Right. And, and she, she finds Jack. Them. And then he... No, no. She's oh, already so, got the knife. Yeah. And she, she, finds she finds Jack. And... That's when he attacks her. That's when he attacks And they put him in the in the cellar... Or in the, the food pantry. storage pantry. Um, very... That part is pretty much like shot for shot from the movie. Or I guess the movie is shot for shot from the book. All right, uh, let's move on. Don't commit infidelity. He doesn't do it. No, and he doesn't. He, oh, he, mm, yeah. Okay, so he does. I mean, he doesn't do it. But there is one part. He's having his fucking crazy party. Oh yeah. And he's dancing with a pretty lady with red hair who, like, he can feel gross. They're so close. God, I hate Stephen King. They're so <laughs> close that like he can feel that like under her her silk dress or whatever, she doesn't feel like she's wearing anything else. Yeah. And then he and like, he's got like a bone, and yeah. he's just like, and she's like about rubbing it. up on yeah. his bone, and she's like, "Hey, we should uh, like I'm supposed to be here with like some big hotshot, but like we can slip away. He won't notice." And then they don't end up slipping away, but like Jack is kind of thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know I how to take that. Don't know that I would argue really that that is like infidelity. Like they're just dancing. Yeah, and like just, he kind of like he like he's, he's he wants thinking about to, it, but like but like but never once before that moment. Does he think, like, I want to leave Wendy for another woman? They go into town a lot in this one. Never mentions anybody in town that he would, like, rather bone down with or anything like that. He doesn't that. even really, like, think about, like, like s- check somebody out when she walks past or anything. And I think, though, part of this is because Wendy in the book is attractive. Yeah, she's super hot. There's one point when they get into the Overlook Hotel and it actually says that heads turned when Wendy walked in. Yeah, because, like, she's supposed to be stunning. They're much younger also, worth noting. Um, they're not, like... I would argue that the, the the family in The Shining is, like, the movie. It looks like they're, like, close to their 40s. Yeah. The, the young couple, like, Jack and Wendy in The Shining are not even in their 30s yet. No, they got together in college. And Wendy, I don't even... She finished college. And then they got pregnant and, like, got married. And yeah. And Jack was in grad school while she was, like, home with Danny. Like, when he was an infant. Yeah. So they're like maybe our yeah, age they're like, at this point. Like like 28 maybe. Like, like they're like like prime of their life kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? Like Wendy is a bona fide MILF. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I can kind of see the difference in tones here, right? Wendy in the book is super attractive, so why would Jack think about other women versus the way the movie is casted. And not to say that Shelley Duvall is, like, an ugly woman or anything, but, like... She's not, like, a bombshell. She's not, like, a blonde cheerleader bombshell. Yeah. Uh, so there is, like, a stark tonal difference But, I mean, not there. just that. Jack does say a whole bunch of times in the book that he loves Wendy. He says, um... He's, re- he's remembering that... Uh, he's remembering the time that he broke Danny's arm and he's remembering the look on Wendy's face. Mm-hmm. And he was like, she hated him in that moment. And he's like, if 
what did he say? Um, the day that she and Danny left him, because mm-hmm. he was expecting them to leave at any point, would be the day that he died. Yeah. That's what he said. Or the end of his life or something. Like, yeah. He, he does love his family. And, I mean, worth noting, he and Wendy do have sex in this book. Several times. Like, this is not just, like, a stay together for the kids thing. Like, I think Jack and Wendy are, like, in love with each other. I yeah. buy it. I, I, yeah. I buy it. So, I yeah. I think the, the dancing up on the lady thing... I would probably argue that's probably more Overlook influence. Well, he's also, like, full tilt possession at this point. Yeah, and he's drunk. And he's uh, having, like, a psychosis or something. He's hallucinating this whole big party. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, It's kind of up there with, like, does he try to kill Danny or does the hotel try to kill Danny? Mm, Yeah. I would argue that this is the hotel at this point. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that he wants to commit infidelity. I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, no. Good job, Jack. Don't use your addiction as an excuse for bad behavior. That's the whole fucking book. That is the book, yeah. He excuses his drunken behavior a lot. And Mm -hmm. it is later in the book when he's, like, not thinking Jack thoughts. He's thinking Overlook thoughts. But he says something about, um, he deflects a lot of things. He's just, he claims that, like, they weren't his fault. It was other people doing things to him. He says, um, direct quote, he had not acted, but been acted upon while he was in Vermont a lot. Right. And it's like, Jack, you, nobody poured those martinis down your mouth. Right. Like, it was you. You made those choices. Yeah. I think, again, like I said at the beginning, what Stephen King does well <laughs> with this book is he addresses, like, addiction mentality well. Yeah. That's one of the things that he's really good at, like, yeah. consistently. So, I mean, like, kudos to him, because I think with that being the backbone of this book, that makes it much more compelling. If that, honestly, if that wasn't in there, and they just went to this hotel, and, like, the hotel started talking to them, I'd be like, so you have a talking car, now you have a talking building. I Steven. like it, Christine. So do I, but, like, <laughs> come on now. Yeah. How many times can an inanimate object, like, spring to life? All the time. All the time. That's Stephen King's world, man. I know. All right. Do you have anything else for that one? Because, I mean, like, really, to really go into this one, we're going to just, I'm going to fucking open the book and I'm just going to start reading. About, like, at any point? Um, No, the other thing I have about Jack, which isn't really his, oh, fuck, I've got notes in two different books. That's the problem here. Um, uh, It isn't uh, so much about his alcohol addiction, but he does mention at some point in the beginning of the book that he is very proud and he does a lot of things for his pride. And I think that's also another thing. Like, he doesn't want to admit that, like, he's wrong about stuff. And the Overlook also preys on that. Also, he's so self-indulgent with, like, his own thoughts. Like, he's, you know... I mean, he's, like, a literary douchebag. Like, yeah. he's in his 20s. I get it. We've all been there. Yeah, but, like, oh, like, my God. Sometimes it's just hard to read. Like, he's he's literally, like, guy from the MFA or whatever the Twitter handle yeah, is. Yeah. Like very much so. And like at one point he talks about how um he was supposed to be the next great American writer. Yeah. And I was just like, Jack, I study American literature as like almost my job at this point. Your play is not very good. Well he finds out he figures out it's not very good. And he gets mad about it. That's true. But like he tries real damn I like just stop. I mean, he was published in Esquire. Oh, yeah. Have you ever fucking been published in Esquire? No, I can't say I have. Yeah, so sit the fuck down. (laughs) I'm already sitting down. 
I'm not trying to be the next great American author. I'm trying to be like a mediocre podcaster at best. I mean, you're Canadian, so. I've achieved it. The next, what, what? I'm done. I'm there. The next, I meant the next great, you can't be the next great American author if you're Canadian. True. You'd have to write about like getting lost in the tundra and eaten by a windigo or something. And then you can be a Canadian author. Yeah, except that that's like kind of racist. Yeah. So, so don't do that. <laughs> um, all right. So next one, do not be bad to your parents and family. His family is bad to him. Uh, yeah, Jack's father is Krulings. Yep. And Jack's fa- and a mother. And Jack's father is abusive to all of them. He didn't, Jack, Jack, Jack's the youngest. He didn't even know when he was growing up that, like, it was weird for your father to beat you. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like this would be, like, 60s beating. This is, like, at one point the man has a cane with, like, a hard like top and he beats his wife so badly that she falls out of her chair at the dining yeah, room. Yeah, she ends table. up in the hospital. Like and the and the the kids call nine like they call the doctor and they say that he can't they can't tell the doctor why he just needs to come because it's on the connected grid. Yeah. And they don't want other people knowing that his like that their dad is like this abusive. Yeah. That's bad. And then he lies about it. And he's like, oh, she fell down the stairs. And then she corroborates it. And Jack hates his mom when that happens. Yeah. And he does refer to his mom as being, like, quiet and, like, kind of, like, spineless and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I mean, she's an abused wife, so. Yeah. And, I mean, I think I think that is supposed to show us, like, the two sort of outcomes. Or not the two outcomes, but two of the outcomes that can happen in an abused household. Yeah. You either believe, or you start kind of corroborating with your abuser for your own self-preservation, or you go on the full offensive. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Jack's dad, it, like, he could have a whole episode by himself. Oh my he god. He's the worst. Yeah, he's, like, got, like, maybe a chapter. Maybe two chapters yeah. in the whole book. Fucking. Um, he, his dad's also an alcoholic. Yeah. I think it's worth noting. And... Bad times were had by all. Oh, uh, he God. dies when Jack is still in school. Yeah. And Jack doesn't really communicate with, uh, is his mom around? Doesn't really say. Um, Jack doesn't interact with the rest of his family after he gets out, after he gets to university. One of his brothers dies in Vietnam or something. Korea. Somewhere. Um, oh, maybe it is Vietnam. Yeah, it is, because they talk about the Viet Cong. So yeah, yeah, Vietnam. And his other brother and sister, I think he just doesn't talk to anymore at this point no I, like it's very much implied that he's just kind of like i'm getting the fuck out of here and i'm yeah. i'm gonna stay the fuck out of here yeah which i mean also kind of makes it really tragic how shit unfolds for him uh okay next one do not lead a life of crime i mean he was a teacher he's an author he does drive drunk but at, in at that point it probably wasn't like illegal <laughs> He assaults a kid, though. Yeah, I don't. Not a I life wouldn't of, say I wouldn't say it's a life of crime, but no. it is a crime, a crime time that yeah. happens in his life. Yeah. So not a life of crime. No, he's not like selling meth on an international level. He's not. Okay. <laughs> Which is apparently like our basis for yeah. what a life of crime is. Yeah. Uh, and then do not be a giant fucking liar. I mean, he still is. He does. Yeah, he lies to himself all the time. It's part of his like self-indulgence thing. It's part of his addiction thing. And also uh, he lies to other people about how uh, he traps them in the overlook. Like he lies to, I mean, he pretends, he he is going to fix, make sure the snowmobile is working so they can get Danny out of there. 
and he does some of it and then he's like no i fucking hate my family and then he pretends to not do it and then he's like oh no wait i see danny i love him so then he fixes the rest of the snowmobile and then while he's doing that he goes fuck these people and he throws like a like the motor not the, the motor ma- but the like- magneto <laughs> yeah, it is the magneto he throws the magneto into the snow so they can never get out and danny knows about it the whole time and and jack just pretends it he it never about it. Yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, I couldn't find it. And, yeah. like, I wish Danny was a messier bitch and was just like, oh, you never you never found it? I mean, obviously he's not going to do it. No, because he's a five-year-old and his father tries. He's been having dreams for months about his father killing him with a rope mallet. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, if I were Danny Torrance... Yeah, you're I the messiest just... bitch there is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I would have just been like, no, no, excuse me. Yeah, uh, Jack also lies about shit that he's seen in the Overlook. Yes. Because um, he, uh, the thing with uh, Danny in the room with the old lady getting him happens. Mm-hmm. And so Jack goes to see it. And he doesn't make out with the lady at this point. He doesn't even really see her. No, he hears her and he's trying to run away. Yeah, he hears her and he sees like something appear behind the closed shower curtain in the bathroom. And he's like, I'm not fucking looking back there. And then he tries to run and he hears her like get up and come after him. Yeah. And he's terrified. And then he lies and he pretends, pretends there's nothing there. Um, and also uh, there's, instead of a hedge maze, there's um, a bunch of topiary animals mm-hmm. outside on the grounds. And Jack is like doing something in the play. Oh, he's supposed to be uh, trimming them. Yeah. And then he goes and he like hangs out in the playground for a bit. Because why the fuck not? Yeah. And then the hedge animals all start moving and, like, coming at him. And it's, like, they don't move when you're looking at them. And it's, like, it was a creepy scene. It was. And he, like, shits his britches and then pretends that it didn't happen. Yeah, like, not noteworthy at all, apparently. Well, I mean, no, he he thinks that it was just, like, a hallucination. That he was just, like, dreaming or whatever. Yeah. And then, but, like, that one, kind of excusable. But then, like, he sees other shit later and it's, like, put the fucking pieces together, Jack. actually. All right. We got the sexy scale, and we got the evil scale. Oh, God, we're at the end already? Yeah, um, let's do sexy. I don't think he's sexy. I mean, I don't think he's sexy because he's, like, a literary douchebag, but, I, I mean, it is written into the book that, like, he is quite handsome. When I was- Is this an objective or a subjective scale? I guess- Because I don't think he's sexy. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, I'm gonna do both. Um, I'm gonna give him a three. Mostly because while I was reading, oh my god, Jason, while I was reading this book, I kept picturing, like, very conventionally attractive actors playing Jack Torrance in my, like, mind theater, and uh, it was much scarier the more attractive he was. Yeah, I managed to imagine, um, pretty much, I'm gonna be honest, pretty much exclusively Killian Murphy is who I was imagining, because you brought that up. At one point, I was imagining him for the beginning of the book, but then, uh, like, the second Jack had his first uh, hallucination at the bar where he was talking to Lloyd, that's Jack uh, Nicholson. And then the entire rest of the movie, I was like, so, like, he's running around yelling Danny with a mallet. I was like, oh, that's Jack Nicholson. That can't be anybody else. It, it flipped so, for me. There were certain scenes that are taken almost verbatim from the book that are in the movie that I was like, it's impossible yeah. for me to not think of Jack Nicholson at this moment in time. But... There were other parts that I was just like, no, like, Jack's kind of, like, attractive at the very least. I wouldn't say he's, like, sexy. Like, I don't want to fuck Jack Torrance. I also don't want to fuck Killian Murphy, so I don't know why I was imagining him. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I would say, I would say a three. Oh, God, no, that's too high. Like, I was willing to maybe give him a two. 2.5. 
two point five? Mm, no, not from not from me. He's gotten a, he's getting a two. I'm gonna he's lucky. A, he's getting a two. I'll give him a three. And then evil scale one to five. Mm, I don't think he's as evil because him personally, he's done some shitty things, but he like at the beginning of the book is really trying to like atone for his sins and like be better. And then he's just is weak. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't the honestly. The devil's so much stronger than a man. Like he can't. Yeah. Help it. I I definitely. I think this was like a very. I mean, the Overlook is predatory. That's the whole. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's like this big giant thing. It's like described like the way they describe the Overlook is a little bit confusing too. Like the way the hallways are, mm-hmm. like mapped out and stuff. Like I had a hard time picturing what the Overlook layout was. Because I found myself just, like, it was, like, half a mix of the movie and then kind of a mix of, like, old houses that I've been in and, like, kind of a mix of, like, Westdale. Like, everything kind of just combined into, like, this makeshift patchwork overlook for me. I couldn't figure it out. And I think the fact that it's already that elusive just from, like, a standalone literary point of view, I'm like, Jack doesn't stand a chance. No. I mean, even at the very end, at the very, very end, the hotel tries to possess Dick. And it gets a little bit of the way there. Yeah. And Dick Halloran, like, he knows that this fucker's evil. Yeah. I mean, he's got some shine, so he's either he's more well-guarded against it, or he's more susceptible to it. It's yeah. hard to tell. But he knows what's going on, so he can, like, protect himself from it a little bit. And it still gets in his head. Yeah, this, whatever, whatever you want to call it, whether it's a ghost, whether it's, like, a demon, just, like, the bad shit that has happened in this hotel all combined together in some sort of phantasmal thing, whatever it is, the implication here is that the only thing that can stand up to it and survive is Danny. Yeah, and it really wants Danny. And it wants Danny because it knows that Danny can stand up to it. Well, because he's so strong and it wants to use Danny to... To continue killing people. To, yeah, to... Instead so, of just being, like, kind of creepy, to be, like, a full-blown horror show. Yeah, so, um, for the evil scale for Jack, like a two? Yeah, I was gonna say two or three. Two or three. He's very middle of the scale. He's, like, he's, the first one. <laughs> he is, and I think it's important that we address the fact that, like, yes, he does click off some of these commandments so like he hits a lot of them. he hits a lot of them but i think book jack torrance is the first dad that we've talked about that i'm like oh yeah i can really relate to danny at this point because this is very similar to what my own shitty dad but I mean, did unlike your shitty dad jack spends a good part of the book being remorseful and trying to do better correct so like and i think that sort of i mean it doesn't it doesn't he still does things, a whole bunch of bad things. But he's trying to change yeah. himself. That that has to count for that something. Has to, yeah. Like, I remember last week I tried saying that, like, at least Jack tries. No. No. Movie Jack Torrance is he does nothing. the worst. And book Jack Torrance, not that bad. All things considered. Like, evil-wise. Yeah, yeah um, just as a man. I mean, he's still a bad dad. Yeah. That's the thing. Like... You don't get on this podcast and we don't get to the end of it and we're like, oh my god, maybe he's a good dad. No. No, don't get that twisted. No, I mean, unless, like, we really didn't do our research and we're yeah. just like, oh, maybe this guy. And then it turns out he's amazing. He's still a bad dad because even hitting one of these very overarching commandments puts you in a position to be a bad dad. Yeah. You're, you're hurting s- others. Yeah. Like, 
you're still you're, bad. You're not going to be... You're not going to be good. No. Um, so, yeah, he is a bad dad, but he is not... He's not as bad as his movie counterpart. No, and, I mean, I think... I think what makes him scary is that there are... You probably know a Jack Torrance. Oh, yeah. He's a lot of people. You probably know him. And, I mean, he's, that's what makes him scary in the movie, too. But it's a different way. Yeah. Where, where Jack Torrance in the movie is, like, literally answering a dog whistle for, like, all sorts of genocidal shit. This Jack Torrance, I think, like, I genuinely think, if you think through all of the people you have met in your life, you've met quite a few of these specific Jack Torrances. Yeah. Like, you know somebody who, they seem really fun, and they're really intelligent, and they seem to have their shit together, and they've got, like, a really nice family, and it seems that all things are going great for them. And I them. think being conventionally attractive is also something you have to take into account. For sure. People are... People take more knife, more kindly to people who are attractive. True. So you got an attractive guy with an attractive wife and a cute son, and you're like, all right. Yeah, and good I, dude. Think, I think all of that, just like you got, you must know somebody. Mm-hmm. You know this guy or this whoever. You, you know a Jack Torrance in your life. Maybe you don't realize that they are Jack Torrance, but you know someone like this. Yeah. Which makes it really scary. Yeah. All right, we're going to summarize. So what do we got? Uh, don't kill your kids. Doesn't. Nope. Uh, don't physically, emotionally, psychologically, or sexually abuse your kids. He does that. He does that one. Don't harm or kill others. He does Does that. that. Don't abuse your spouse. He does. He does. So number three. Don't commit infidelity. He doesn't. Uh, don't use your addiction as an excuse for bad behavior. He does do that. Uh, don't be bad to your parents and family. He doesn't. No. Uh, don't lead a life of crime. He doesn't. He doesn't. And don't be a giant fucking liar. He does that. He is. So he's got five out of nine. And I still, yeah, I still think that he's less evil than everybody else we've done so far. Yeah. I'm willing to settle out of three. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. What what did you say for sexy, sexy scale? Two? Two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's a bad person and a bad dad, but he's not evil. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that, like, I don't know. I it, It's it's hard for me because if you fast forward Danny's story, like, hopefully Danny has gone to therapy and, like, this has helped him move forward. It probably He probably hasn't because it's going to be the 80s and mental illness doesn't exist yet. No, I mean, I read the excerpts at the back of the book for Dr. Sleep, which is the, the Shining sequel that came out in 2013. Oh, yeah. Danny's not doing good, y'all. Yeah, no shit. But it just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, my hope for Danny. Like, the end of this book is, I feel sad. I feel really sad at the end of this book. Because you got Wendy, you've got... Uh, Danny and you have Dick all in Maine together and they were like summering in Maine and Wendy's like in a back brace because of everything that happened and like Danny is just so sad that his dad is gone yeah he just like starts crying yeah and he well, I mean, can't yeah, they're, stop they're in mourning it just like it just it makes me sad and he's That's traumatized all. because he watched his dead father try to kill him yeah I mean, it's a little traumatic. A li- yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, that could that could cause some trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I do want to mention, um, what you brought up, actually, is that in the book version, Jack never uses a slur. 
Yeah, so this was something that I noticed because... The hotel does a lot. Oh, yeah. The hotel is, like... N-words just a blazing. Oh my, no, and not just, not just the hotel, but Stephen King also. Like, in the narrative portions, I'm just like, um, Stephen. Yeah. There are some slurs here, and I think we need to address them. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I understand that this is the 70s, but like, holy shit. Yeah. So that, I mean... It is, no, it is. not great. It is interesting. Jack himself doesn't ever use a slur, I don't believe. No, and there's no, there's no, like, weird implication. There's no implication at all that he would do that. No. Um, actually, the, when, when I brought it up to you, I was like, it's interesting because in the film, when he says it, like, he waits for Grady to say it first and then he says it back. Um, and he is kind of, like, excited about it. I genuinely do not think that this Jack Torrance would have said it back. No. And he doesn't. Because Grady says the N-word to him. And Jack immediately, he's like, oh, are you talking about Halloran? Yeah. Like, not that he thinks of him that way, but, like, that's the only person that's that he the, could be talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the only... Because he refers to him as, like, the N-word cook. Yeah. And Jack's like, are you talking... Halloran? Are you talking about Halloran? Like, what? And I think, like, to to book Jack's credit, like, at the very, at the very least, he's not the one that's, like, uh continually perpetuating this yeah i mean he doesn't he doesn't turn to grady and be like hey motherfucker that's not okay he in fact keeps talking to him and is like oh you're gonna give me more drinks let's talk forever yeah but uh he doesn't say it and that's gotta i mean i guess i mean better than the movie he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't take the bait i guess whereas movie jack does yeah he doesn't say it he doesn't think it he doesn't think of dick as less than a person at any point no he actually, he asks Danny a few times um, about, like, about Dick. Because, like, Danny feels more comfortable in the kitchen because it reminds him of Dick. And... Yeah, he gets some shines from Dick. Yeah, and, like, the, the implication there is that, like, Jack's like, oh, my son made a friend. It's not, it's not anything sinister. Yeah, no, he's kind of like, oh, like, they clicked. Cool. Yeah, and that's really, like, the end of it. Up until Grady starts, like, slurring everywhere. Yeah. Wendy, at one point, is worried that Dick's gonna kidnap her son, but that's because Danny gets in the car with Dick, like... Yeah, and they literally met, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and, like, three times Dick's been like, you wanna come to Florida with me? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, not subtle, my friend. No, but... I mean, I think that one's a justified worry. That's like yeah, stranger yeah, yeah. That's danger. Just, that's just that's just parent stuff. That's not oh, a black man's gonna steal my yeah. child. That's any person. Yeah, steal my and child. and honestly, that is worth noting because there is like the underlying racism in the film, whereas that's not a thing here. Like the color, like the Colorado Lounge is not decorated in Apache and Navajo motifs. No, they don't mention 
They don't mention natives at all. No. And and it's not on, like, the Indian burial ground no. or anything like that. Like, there's... The only real person of color that we see in this entire book is Dick. Yes. And the whole family treats Dick with at least kindness, if not respect. Yeah. yeah. Cool. There's a quote I've got here. I don't remember who says it. I didn't write it down. But it might have been Dick. It might have been Ullman who says, we try to... I think it's Dick. Uh, we try to keep racial balance here at the Overlook. I just wrote it down because I was like, "Oh, well, not in the movie." Yeah, no, in the in the movie, not the case. No, um, but yeah, there's not like a like the there's not like a racist thing in the hotel. I mean, the hotel itself is very racist. Slurs aplenty, but it. Um, I feel like the shit that happened in, in the hotel wasn't so much like racist shit and Indian burial ground shit. Mm-hmm. It was like drugs and sex and booze and, and, and yeah. mafia. Yeah, stuff. all the stuff that would attract Jack to it. Yeah. This is not like... The ambiguity in this is taken all out. <laughs> yeah. There's no ambiguity here. Where you're, where you're left with ten different interpretations and all of them are valid in Kubrick's film, there isn't really another interpretation for this. Like, the hotel is evil. That's a five out of five on the evil scale. Absolutely. It might break the scale. But, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That, I, that's it. I don't think I have anything else to add. No, uh, I don't Danny's so. an angel. Uh, this Jack Torrance made me sad. Yeah. He does more making me sad than, than making me terrified. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Yep. Cool. That's the whole thing. The awesome. rest of my notes are all just shit about, like... Uh, Danny being adorable. Danny has a Danny has a uh, New England Patriots shirt, which I thought was worth noting. <laughs> he probably loves Tom Brady. <laughs> Fucking go! <laughs> oh my god. Well, I mean, Danny can't be held responsible for his choices in football teams, I guess. Well, I mean, he's like he's a child from the New England area. He watches sports with his dad. He's five. It's not his choice. Look, I'm just saying maybe one day he will learn. Are you going to read the next book and find out? Oh God, no, <laughs> no, oh, no. Hard pass. Uh, all right. Quick summary. Just one last time. Five out of nine on the commandments. A, th- a two from no, Jess. I'm not budging from two. And a three from me on the sexy scale. And then a three on the evil scale. Yep. Rats, Jack. You're the least shit evil person on this list so far a dubious honor yeah all right well still on the list fucker that's it goodbye (laughs) (laughs) this is the bad dad club i'm ariana i'm jess bye bye